Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. We've decided to return again. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we go if, if, if the weather gods choose to play nicely. Mm, I suppose that's a very valid point. We should have a big sort of uh, waiver at the start. Apologies for any dodgy recording quality, uh, which has been a, a theme of late <laughs> since we've been Zooming it. But last week's episode was done in person, so that was pretty awesome. But yeah. uh, we're back on Zoom due to our schedules, and that's okay. We're still that's here. And in your ear holes. Yeah, nattering away. And yeah. so I've I've been in Tracy's ear hole wanting to record a couple for my own best interest pretty much, but also for our audience who um, seem to be interested in all the in all the questions that I throw your way. Yeah, that's um, the beauty it's what works mm. I suppose so to speak and for the listeners that have been here for a while uh you you probably all know that I'm a healthcare worker I'm a nurse and my job's changed a couple of times now since we started recording um and so I work in a space where I'm able to um create content or and research you know research and then create content really based on all kinds of different things, but I also have a vested interest in all things well-being and helping healthcare workers be at their best. There's been a, a massive emphasis and will still be growing to assist and support healthcare, um, especially in my space. I'm talking about nurses and midwives specifically in continuing to learn ways to support themselves and keep doing what they're doing. And so I, naturally I'm interested in the stuff that I can read in textbooks and the stuff that I can be in Tracy's ear about. So she's very kindly humouring me and being patient um, with all my questions and we thought, I thought, why not record a couple of episodes in that same vein? I think it's a great idea and it'll be nice to have people get a bit, a bit more of an insight into your brain. And Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see what's do. rattling around. <laughs> tends to be where the two worlds combine I think at this point in time it's um it's interesting to see it unfold and and record episodes like this so everybody else is sort of coming along yeah when you just said that uh you're interested in what the textbooks say how often are the textbooks updated uh well it depends um I might I might say textbooks, but it's really sort of journal articles and, and whatnot okay. these days. So just going online and, and having a look at what's around at various search engines and, and whatnot. And you do tend to only pay attention to things um, three to five years at most. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The rest is usually out of date, but then in saying that, some things are timeless. Are never out of date, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it is all about that you know, critical thinking and, and whatnot and what you're looking for. But certainly in the wellbeing space, mental health for everyone. And, um, you know, I'm not going to lie, the 
healthcare workers were suffering long before the pandemic hit, but the the pandemic has certainly ripped off all the Band-Aids and made healthcare workers extremely human and everyone can see how vulnerable they are now. So it's really, you know, it can't be ignored anymore. But, you know, mental health and taking care of yourself is important for everybody and obviously I have an avid interest in supporting nurses and midwives along with all healthcare workers so anyone that's a carer or support worker you don't even have to be a healthcare worker as such you know and we all are to a greater extent anyway when we care for other people so I think that's just you know we're going to be talking about that too yeah yeah Mm. so it applies to everyone (laughs) that's just (laughs) my background yeah we're in a generation of um like um, healthcare workers or healers, like archetype blueprint healers, mm-hmm. um, yeah. who have basically, hey, I volunteer as tribute to go through the tide turning, to go through the big great shift, to go through mm-hmm. the the change in the way things are going to be doing. So it can be tough, obviously, and tough is probably such an understatement, but like it can be cruel, it can be torturous, it can be all of those things. But on a soul level and a spiritual level, it's what many were here to do. It's a choice um, that was made. Yeah, for for the ancestors, but also for uh, the the future generations to come. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I was listening to something the other day, uh, and he. I can't remember what it was. I'll have to figure out what it was so that we can make reference to notes. But he's talking about how his job is to go through into like massive, massive companies, even government systems in all different. I think he was hired by Switzerland maybe somewhere. He went somewhere and, oh, a bank in Switzerland I think it was. Oh, wow. He was hired to go through and find where all of the pain points were in this this massive massive company and he this one place that he went to there was over 2200 pain points that the staff had also oh, like human resource buyers yeah yeah and he was able to eliminate um more than half of them simply by just realizing that they were there like they were things that were just completely written off um and changes were made all almost immediately, very quick fixes that changed the dynamic of so many different people inside of the workspace. And then the other parts, the systems and the procedures, the other parts were highlighting to places like these big establishments and organisations and um, places where there's a lot of people to manage, how they've almost, um, they've gotten to the point where they've micromanaged themselves within an inch of themselves and they can't sustain it. It's unsustainable. Mm. And so technology and roles and um, advances in procedures uh, sounds good until you get to the end and you just realise that there are far too many Mm. buttons to press and dots to like I's to dot and T's to cross and check boxes to check that it you end up then having what goes from being something that becomes efficient and practical and increases the safety and security of certain of you know of the thing as a whole to then getting to a tipping point where it does the complete opposite and it actually is like three and a half 
sometimes more time consuming because you've got to fix all of the errors. You've got to then employ um, HR officers to look after the disgruntled employees. You've got people <laughs> taking time off, so you're spending a lot of money in sick pay leave. If you're, you're, it's hard to keep retention, um, and so they, there's like a in in some area in some companies where it's really big, and I would imagine that government healthcare would be very similar. And I was thinking about it when they were talking about it, how you would almost just do yourself over, and you'd get to that point where that tipping point would just go. You know what? This now becomes whole other thing entirely yeah this this now becomes something that hurts us rather than helps us and then there's this big influx of people coming through saying you need to strip it back to the basics and it's like well it's not reinventing the wheel the basics were done especially in healthcare the basics are the basics in healthcare yeah and they've existed they're ancient you know, there's tradition, there's ancient medicine and ways to do things, to administer things, to organize things, to manage things. And they seem to work for a lot of things. Yeah. And it would kind of like, it made me think about like, wow, imagine having to overhaul the whole entire health system. (laughs) Mm. But I would imagine it would be very similar with um, doctors and nurses um, and people, especially the ones that went through COVID, you know, it would have really highlighted how um, systems and procedures and policies and all of those things can sometimes just get in the way of sheer medicine and helping people. It's and interesting, that, that, isn't that's it? That's a healing thing. That, yeah. That's a feeling thing, an intuitive thing and a, a heart-centered feeling thing and all of that stuff that is put out is moving further and further and further away from that intuit knowledge of being a healthcare worker, I suppose. Yeah, you've done you've done a very good job at describing the healthcare system. There's a few things that you know, a hundred percent with the systems and with you know policy procedure. That yeah, if they're designed to keep you safe, that's one thing. But when they sort of stop you from from doing work, or slow it down, or change the meaning of it, I, I feel um, that's a sentiment that. I've certainly felt, I've certainly felt from and heard from others, and I'll just stick to nursing at this point in time because that's where my history is, mm. is, um, you know, you sign up to be a nurse to learn how to take care of people because that's that's what you want to do. You want to help people. And then you start your job, you do your training, three years, maybe more in some cases, for registered nursing, and you come out and you realise um, you've done a full shift and a lot of it has necessary um, modern twists on on the healing side, you know, using computers, using technology, it's part of the job, but at some point in time when you don't know how to use that stuff properly or when you don't have enough facilities to be able to use that properly and you're very well aware that you're not helping or you haven't helped as much as you thought you would, it's very, very slippery slope to, be, to disillusionment and mm. I think that's where a lot of people sitting at this point in time they they joined because they wanted to serve they wanted to help they wanted and, to heal and, and basically anybody could be doing it right now because it's not about helping or healing it's just about doing the job it's just a job and with so many you know with such a big corporation there's experts in every little thing and while there's such good information out there while there's such mm. good programs out there they get designed developed they're sitting there but the the training the pickup of them 
um, just doesn't happen as it could and as it should ultimately for the people on the floor to actually receive the benefit of it. So there's awesome technology, there's awesome equipment, but you're only going to use it if you know how, if you've yeah. got someone there. That Because it's so complex as well, it's not easy. Mm. And so just allowing someone to learn something that's not easy just to give them the time is something that's really difficult in this system to afford especially now so it's difficult because there's so there's brilliant yeah. programs out there there's there's brilliant stuff there's re- really clever people um with their hearts in the great in the best spots but it's just like how do you actually get to the get to it and and what I'm coming to realize is that you don't you just keep moving forward slowly, slowly, like nothing changes mm-hmm. overnight. Um, but if you ever so so slightly change the trajectory in one spot and then it goes slightly in a different course, then maybe there's hope after all, you know. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah. yeah, well, it's just like touching one. Yeah, like it's just hope. Mm. hopefully there's like a flow one effect. Yeah. Um, and like, just just reminding me so much of that show New Amsterdam, um, where <laughs> VJ. You talk about this show. I love that show. But the v, VJ it gives me the, the shits. Um, <laughs> why? If only it was that uh, simple and easy. <laughs> why? If only it would be so nice. Yeah. Oh, you've disappeared. You've gone You'll come back. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Oh, you froze again. Where are you? Come back to me, Tracy. <laughs> While we're waiting for Tracy to get back, I do love the show. I think it's my own feelings about it that um, and healthcare that kind of taint me watching something uh, with so many really inspiring people and how good it could be. There you are. I was filling in the space while you disappeared on me. Uh, uh, it just sounded like a, a robot and I'm like, well, I'm not finding out why it pisses her off. <laughs> I was just saying I think it's my own perceptions and view that take my enjoyment of the show, but if only yeah. it was, you know, if only it was that great. You've got the general manager of the hospital that goes around to every ward every oh, single yeah. morning, knows everyone by name, and that's that's the person that can instill change. If only it was that simple (laughs) I think for every one person that you see represented you've got a whole unit of people that you sort of meet with go through yeah it's just slow it's slower there's a there's a doctor in there who is a brain surgeon and his name's VJ um and he has uh like a a sidekick you know his registrar or whatever they're called yeah yep um, and she bring the iPad in to help diag- diagnose and then the artificial intelligence. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, helps to diagnose faster. So basically you plug in the symptoms and the AI will spit out what's wrong before you even have to really think about it. Like it mm. can be doing the thinking while you're putting the cannula. Mm. That does exist but they don't and generally use that. And getting comfortable and getting them yeah. admitted and all that kind of stuff. But then, yeah. 
but so but the the point was that the younger person or the newer person was ready to absorb that iPad and the AI and the technology and was going to watch the the seminar where she needed to learn how to use it and all that kind of stuff and VJ was not interested in using it and they thought it was just because he was old school and like he just wanted to avoid technology but he had to try and get his point across that actually no he he how he diagnoses is he grounds himself and he centers and he listens to what the client's saying and all you have to do is take the time to listen and eventually they'll tell you exactly what's wrong with them you'll hear it like they'll say it and they'll basically diagnose themselves with what they say but if I'm there plugging in data I can't listen Mm. so he's like just let me listen and it might have meant that it took him 12 hours to sit down and listen and ask questions and investigate um to get the answer but at the same time it was an accurate um diagnosis whereas the ai time and time again was it was only kind of pointing them in the direction it wasn't really giving them a full diagnosis so in the long run his way was actually quicker mm. more effective and less expensive because it didn't cost any technology or or you know um any equipment or or two people to do it like it was mm-hmm. just one person sitting there and listening and so it was real. like, it, I, I really felt that it would just kind of prove that point of how like almost like the, the healer part of a doctor and a nurse is, is squashed and quiet. Mm. And that spirit that's inside of them isn't really being given much notice during the day-to-day workings in, in the hospital or in the surgery. It's, it's um, probably quite rare that you would get to have those times, those moments where mm. you actually could connect because it seems like it would be almost impossible to center and ground yourself in an environment like that, just from what I know from yeah. what you talk about. There's so many barriers. And and again, um, what sort of encourages me ever so slightly is is the language of different ways that are, are old but making it seem new again. So in recent years, and by recent I mean five to probably as far back as 10 they've talked about um first it was patient-centered care then it became human and person-centered care so it sort of really envelopes the carer as well as the patient as well as their families and and their carers that aren't you know the doctors or the nurses or the allied health so it's really acknowledging the whole experience from everyone um there's also yeah yeah, and then there's a whole other branch called Get This, Elevating the Human Experience from mm-hmm. that's run at state state health <laughs> level, which is awesome. So there's there's shifts out there. So I like to fan those flames and it is encouraging. Um, so it would be really good to encourage more of that. I think that's yeah. what I'm here for. Yeah, absolutely, and being given the opportunity to yeah. um, present about yeah is is awesome as well yeah I want to do my research I don't want to just present another well-being uh topic or interest that talks people through stuff they Mm. already know I think even being given an hour to do it just to sit there and let them do what they want to do in an hour of well-being is one thing that will come into it for a little bit, but I want to bring a bit of a new flavour to to it and to even get a little bit deeper to sort of shake up and wake up those healers that may be frustrated that are there that can kind of go, yeah, I can see that or, yeah, sure, I know what you mean, just to 
yeah, stir a little something deeper. Yeah, and being able to um, bring in the subject of burnout and mm. um, just exhaustion yeah. um, and maybe disillusionment and have those kind of three words floating around and realising that there's many factors that cause it, but if you're just going to be focusing predominantly on the the wellness aspect of it and the the things that humans can do for humans as opposed to organisations or corporations can do yeah. for organisations and corporations, um, it really probably, you know, would come down to very simply, like really, really simplify it back to the point that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, which I don't know if you'd be able to, you know, speak like that, but we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And ultimately at the end, um, our, we are energetic bodies and, and doctors and nurses would know that we're all vibrational beings. We're just energy. We're just Mm -hmm. in, in matter and form and that that's all interacting with each other. And so when you put, Um, yourself in an environment and you put labels and you put procedures and you put you start putting um it's like putting mazes or putting blocks on um on natural frequencies flowing out every time you come in and you do this and do that and do this and do that um you're you're um, transferring or you're diluting or you're diverting all of these natural energies that are flowing from and through and to us. And so much of that is what medicine is about at its core. Mm. Um, and so maybe breaking down the different layers of medicine, how how there needs to be the self-medicine mm-hmm. and then the medicine that naturally vibrates outside of us and how what form that and how your just your spirit in itself is enough medicine for oneself. You know, we have everything inside of us to heal ourselves, regardless of what you believe. Um, and ultimately, that is medicine. And, and if you can't, if you can't figure out how to um, self-medicate in that in that energetic spiritual nature, then we kind of have no business in self in, in medicating other people or believing that we can help others self-medicate if we're not self-medicating. Yes, it's looking after yourself in order to look after others. And my audience is my audience is specifically uh, other nurse educators, actually. Yeah. So they're already, you know, in a position where they're take, ideally taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. uh, teaching as well as at at this point in time, um, taking a load themselves as well. Even though that's not ideally, but yeah, in reality, well, right now, it's it's already a lot. In nearly every other, in nearly every other emerging, um, you know, modality of healing in terms of not new but emerging, as in becoming a lot more popular in today's society, yeah. the biggest message at the beginning of any of it is know your why before you go and do it. And so, yeah. if we look at how people are being taught these days to grow a brand or grow a business that is in the healing industry or niche or you know area um sector you at what point do do you sit down with your staff or your nurses and say what is your why 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 are you doing this in connecting to their passion and really just saying know your why 
Mm. And how many of them are reminded of that every day by their employer or their boss or their trainer or their, their friends or their staff? And where are the communities that are here for all the Reiki practitioners and all the energy healers and all of the crystal healers? Like they've got their own Facebook groups going on and they're all healing each each other and they're all making sure that they're okay and you know yeah and so you know but where that our ancient our ancient healers that have gone down the the typical um um mainstream route of healthcare in doctors and nurses they're, they're not getting that because mm. maybe because it's not privatized is probably part of it but why can't there be these little pseudo privatized um, pods inside that behave mm. just like these purpose-driven healers that are branching off and doing their own thing outside of mainstream. I think that's the direction that it will eventually take. Well, that's what I'm hopeful for maybe one day, but we can't presume yeah. to know that they're learning this stuff in all the time they're at uni as well. I mean, it's it's pretty evident that they're not. Or it gets forgotten, yeah. you know, when you do enter the real world and it's the first thing to go and uh, any new parent would know that too when you when you start taking care of something else what goes first is your yeah. own time yeah. <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't I'm not saying that's the right thing to do but you can understand how it so quickly happens yeah mm. oh and just even like the standard cliche you know you can't pour from an empty cup exactly yep yeah yep how mm. can you be how can you be expected to ever heal or serve others in a healing or holding space way if you're coming from an empty source mm-hmm. mm. Mm. yeah they're all that's a perfect spot to start I think you know is right there build up yeah that's it and you know I was thinking the other day um when I was in hospital with Harley our eldest and I was looking and we were there like through the night and into the morning and so we saw a couple of changeovers and I saw the night shift people and you know they'd go off for their their food break their cigarette break their water break their you know go for a walk break go to the toilet break do what they were doing but there was one particular female nurse there who I just psychically sensed had seen some shit. Like she had experienced some trauma in the peds. Mm-hmm. I would say just, you know, broken heart, seeing kids go through what they're going through in whatever way, shape or form. And like, not only is it just looking after your wellness, like it goes without saying that you guys would see things on a regular basis consistently that are more extreme than what most. And so that's a whole different mm. level of spiritual fracturing or spiritual energetic care that we need to look at, you know, mm. understanding the soul contracts, understanding why you are there for that child at that time. And, you know, what is that that higher meaning, not just the surface human body level meaning, but what's the spiritual meaning behind it? Exactly. And realising that there is a contract there that says, that that at this point in time, this child's spirit and my spirit are meant to be together to do this healing or to hold space for this spirit, to be the light for this spirit or whatever it might be. Um, and recognising that in, in um, alternative therapies, that is the, the top, that's the priority perception 
So like that's that's the first thing that happens when we come into contact with someone is understanding why we've come into contact with each other and then everything falls under from there. Is that recognition of that exchange? Yeah, it's a knowing and just almost like it's part of just our processes that we go through in order to connect with the other person's energy as well. Yeah. That makes sense. Like in order to be able to heal that person, I need to merge into with their spirit and it's almost like you get these invisible threads that come in and kind of get to feel each other and smell each other and sense each other. It's like, okay, cool, I got it. And then then everything that's practical and experience kind of comes in. But in saying that, we have usually almost 100% of the time we have the luxury of time to do that, whereas first responders or nurses mm-hmm. on the floor or doctors, they might not have that time to Even establish more now those than ever. connections. Yeah. yeah. So that, like, I don't know how you're supposed to figure out how to slow time down to create space. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what I will say is that a lot of healers in the mainstream, the doctors and the nurses, they are the best of the they just they haven't gone they've gone through the academia and the the conscious level as opposed to the subconscious level route to get to where they are and to take them through the subconscious route for a little bit mm-hmm. um by awakening their consciousness yeah. which is what you're going to do feeling yeah, a lot of give blanks them, give them that subconscious feeling yeah exactly so and, many uh just moments. give them yeah just give them the other half of what they're missing it's yeah. not even really filling in the blanks it's just giving them the other half and then it will probably make so much sense for them to feel whole mm-hmm. um and then all they've got to do all they've got to do i say it so simply but it's just a then about learning how to very quickly connect with themselves and understand how they how their body and how they're into it like how they into it what they're going to know and it's only, it's really just practice but you know, if the tides are turning, then hopefully if this can be implemented in just little tiny little subsets of people, Mm -hmm. then hopefully there'll be a bit of a, bit of a change of guard. I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can come across so naive and ignorant to the way that it goes, but you know, I was just going to say being married to you. Yeah. (laughs) Which is how I run. Being married to you, but being, (laughs) being just so close to you and hearing so much about what it's like. And I can't, and I only get you know a buffer end of it like I can't even imagine um like these are all they they just feel almost so foolish to even say these things that I'm saying in some ways because oh, I really gosh, don't no. think I have any idea all. what it's like not at all you've got a different perspective which is awesome and um my understanding although so minimal has only increased since getting to know you better and talking about work and even like the smallest things that you've said along the way it's just been like oh I'd never heard I'd heard the word empath I'd never actually understood what it meant until I met you learned all about it um just the smallest things um that make so much sense so I would go so far as to say I became a nurse because intuitively I was led there and then you learn like you said you get lost or you learn all these things and you forget all those things that led you there and it's sort of on a day-to-day basis that that same thing like you were saying when you're talking about a ed nurse that's seen a lot and just being able to recognize it from a whole other perspective um I think to some part um the debriefing that 
I was working on a couple of years ago was sort of aimed in that vein and when you're talking about, you know, people seeing some shit and it's not normal that people in day-to-day life see the amount of shit that you might as a healthcare worker. So acknowledging that and just validating that to begin with is also another thing that debriefing does. And, yeah. Well, with with what you're doing now, it would be going that extra level by just saying, hey, like the debriefing is fantastic, but it's really just doing um, a surface level, um, Mm. like a conscious acknowledgement and understanding and compartmentalizing and letting it flow. But there, there is vibrational frequencies attached to all of those things. And Absolutely. in the book yeah. where I talk about hold it so it serves you, not so it hurts you, yeah. you can understand something, you mm. can rationalise things, you can turn things into being okay to sit with for the rest of your life and keep going. But that doesn't mean that you've necessarily not locked away, you know, a whole truckload of frequency associated with trauma like over time and time and time and time your trauma bucket is going to just be a bucket of cement that you know you're building yeah you're building walls and teaching teaching them how to yeah so teaching them how to recognize what they're actually what emotion they're actually feeling and then where that emotion correlates inside of their body and then teaching them how to release it from that part of the body so that it's flowing to them, which is the patient, and then it's throwing, it's flowing through them, which is them choosing to recognise that I'm not supposed to ever hold on to something like energy. You don't take it constantly. on. Yeah. No, you don't, but energy doesn't, energy can, doesn't stop. It has to keep moving and flowing. So yes, it comes to you for a reason because your light's on as a healer, like you're, Mm. you're, you're you're there. You've put yourself in the way as Mm -hmm. a healer to, to attract that. So of course you're going to attract it. Mm -hmm. But if you're an advanced healer, which most people inside of the public health system are, there is a, there, there should be um, a, a process where they're taken through an awakening into remembering mm. that this is supposed to flow through us, not come to us and only some of it let go of and then some of it stay in. It's actually all supposed to just flow through and not stick at all. Yeah, yeah. If And if you're healthy and in and aware, that's the, that's the ideal of it. So making people aware is definitely, yeah, where the where the place to go is. And you're right, the debriefing is, um, in other words, uh, also termed as psych, uh, psychological first aid. So it's really just yeah. that that first starter point and that reaction to something that's already happened. And like you were saying, uh, trauma. It's yeah, that uh, the term vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue is what people feel when mm-hmm. they've when they are holding on to it all where they have seen some shit and they're not aware that they're holding on to it. Um, they're not taking care of themselves. They just go back for more begrudgingly um, and getting getting people to view their job as such an amazing privilege is incredibly difficult when you feel anything but privileged and you just well, feel trodden on. That's where I feel that I probably wouldn't call it amazing privilege because that's judging it um and so like um I don't see it as a privilege I see it as um 
um, I see it as um, just what you do. So it's kind mm. of um, ego judging it. So we would have spoken before, I'm sure, about how if someone is going through, like say say your friend down the street who is a beautiful um, kind-hearted person with two little children and an amazing husband and beautiful family, very close, does a lot for the school and the community or whatever, and then she just gets told that she's got breast cancer and she's probably going to die. Mm. And often what you'll hear is, um, you know, she doesn't deserve that. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like, yep. Why has this happened to like her? Like who, she, who does deserve that? Yeah, I, <laughs> No, but like yeah. you, you hear people say, like you know, of all the people, like why did it yeah. have to happen to her? And, sure, yeah. You know, she's she's got two little kids. It doesn't make sense. Like, how mm-hmm. can there be any purpose or reason to this? That's judgment for for thinking that we understand all of the all of what's going mm-hmm. on, and clearly mm-hmm. we don't because she has breast cancer and she is dying. So clearly we do not know all that's going on because there is probably it's like an iceberg thing that the tip mm. of the iceberg is what we see and what we think we're seeing in our perception, but what's underneath the water is soul and mm-hmm. the rest of the divine and then the plan um, and all the past lives. And so when it comes down to when you're helping a patient and it's an and it's a privilege that you are in that position to help people like that i understand the sentiment behind it and and mm-hmm. why it is termed that way however from a spiritual perspective it is just two souls meeting each other with a contract to serve mm-hmm. and there is no more it's actually a privilege for that soul to be serving you in the way that they are you're just not seeing it that way mm. so it's it would be a judgment to think that you're better off than that person or that you're oh, actually yeah, the only person serving or that you're the only person that is in the good position or that you're in the greater position. Like, like the I word privilege. Uh, would, yeah, like, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what I you're saying. I understand it. I know mm-hmm. why it's, it's called that. Like I see it as a privilege to do what I get to do and I understand that and I do mm-hmm. say it from a human perspective mm-hmm. but if we're talking from a spiritual perspective at like helping that into their into their bringing that into their like awakening their consciousness and broadening their minds mm-hmm. um and this is a paradigm shift actually what you're doing is paradigm shifting for them mm-hmm. but um if you're talking at it from that perspective it's really not so much a privilege it is simply two souls encountering each other per the contract that their souls have made um, and it is it's time for it to play out however that looks and mm-hmm. it, neither is is more important or evolved or equal quite often um, what we're judging it to be is actually probably our folly like it's probably mm-hmm. what's preventing our growth yeah I and I can see exactly what you're saying and the only thing that I would add on to that would be the privilege in the sense I was using it would be that there is a vulnerable, especially in in the way that the traditional health system is set up right now, is um, we're definitely not equal as a healthcare worker and the patient. The patient is in the vulnerable position. They're the sick one. They're at people's uh in bunny years mercy so the the message that healthcare workers get is do not underestimate the power that you have to give someone a, a really good experience or a really terrible one 
and that's the um that's the perspective of when I use the word privilege um you're really advocating for that patient especially uh certainly use the word privilege a lot in operating theaters when a patient was unconscious and you're their advocate and I definitely view that um as a privilege to be in that position because you're right I highly I highly regard I don't ever want that um that perspective to be lost that that importance of trying to look out for somebody else that doesn't have a voice not so much thinking that you're higher than them but just being aware that you've got to have their best interests at mind but I love what you were saying and I love exactly what you're saying and and that's like one of the most beautiful things about you Mm. um and how that you've you still maintain that um despite how hard work has been and how, how hard it can be that you still hold that your integrity like it's part of who you are at your core um and I think like from a language perspective, like the way that you're describing it, um, it feels like you have influence, like you're, um, the, the power is in, in your hands to influence for this person. Um, mm. And um, because, yes, like I totally agree with everything you're saying from a human perspective. I totally get it. And like I'm like, yeah, 100%, get it done. Like I hope one day that someone is, if, if I'm ever in a position where I am like that, The, the person that is looking after me thinks like you. I don't want them to think any differently. Mm. However, um, there also is an awareness that you don't know how much sand is left in your hourglass. Mm-hmm. So what appears to be a nurse and a vulnerable patient lying on a bed, that person could then go and be in total health come next week and you could literally walk outside and get hit by a car mm-hmm. and die. So and true. you and you have no idea really why you're there. So when you're focusing on somebody else, mm-hmm. I get it. It's service and it is your job. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to, you're there to focus on that person and to care for that person. You must be in full presence of self to understand that what if this, what if what you're supposed to be really absorbing right now is what this person is saying as opposed to how you can care for this person. Yeah. What it's if all of you're it. supposed to yeah, what if you're supposed to be looking at the tattoo that this person has across their chest and understand its meaning? And what if you're supposed to listen to a particular story that that person shares that's going to then take you onto the rest of your life? What if that person right there is more actually there for you than you are for them? It's just perceived mm-hmm. that because this person comes in at that more vulnerable position that you're not getting something out of it because you absolutely are. Absolutely. So even though you are privileged or in a position of influence and power in order to care for that person and advocate for that person, do not underestimate the fact that that person could be an extremely evolved self, far more evolved than yours, and knows exactly why they're there and exactly what you need to hear. Yeah, and I love this. I would love to be able to take this back because, you know what, it feels somewhat freeing. It Mm. feels like there's so much pressure that's lifted because you can get something out of that exchange too, and you should be. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. When you look at it from a spiritual lens, 
100%. that's how it goes. And it'd be so good to encourage people to remember that or to see it from that perspective. I love it. Just to even know it at all. Exactly. Yeah. So one an, an example that um I was given, I can't even remember who it was that gave it to me. It was a very long time ago about like a, a two-way street or a one-way street and how like you can have um a one-way street or not a one-way street, a street that's one lane, sorry, where the traffic can go both ways. But you know when you've got to pull over to the side to let the other car come oh, through yeah. and you'll see it, you'll see a warning sign that says slow down narrow road pull aside and give way to oncoming traffic yeah and it's just it's courtesy and it's realizing that okay energy flows in both directions and you have to be aware that when two cars meet each other or two two forces meet each other that one force it doesn't submit but one force is going to be polite to move out of the way now that doesn't mean that that other car doesn't eventually then get to pass forward and and keep going, and that other car just gets the free. The, doesn't have to stop. Doesn't have to brake. Doesn't have to pull over. Doesn't have to wait. Just gets to go straight through time. Sometimes there is. Um, there's two two messages to that. One is that you could be intentionally being slowed down for a reason, and that person could intentionally being sped up and quickened for a reason. So it could be to to alter time, to move people forward, to stop people and to to affect time where you wouldn't choose to do it yourself. Um, yeah. But it can also mean that it forces it forces you to um it forces you to make a decision on whether you're going to advocate for yourself to push forward and and sort of be a bit of a bully and just nudge forward as if like, no, I'm going to take this or <laughs> or whether you're going to politely just let them go and you're having a good day. So you're like, oh, I'll just let them go. And the other days you're in a rush and you're like, fuck, boop, 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 move out of the way, move out of the way. Move out of the <laughs> I lane. need to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But yep. either way, whenever there is something happening, there there is a law of cause and effect. There's the universal stuff. But spiritually, Everything is a yin and a yang, so above, so below, so in, so out. Yeah. And so don't you ever think that in any position where you are in any kind of energetic exchange, especially more than anything in a healer's exchange, yeah, that so you intimate. are not there to get something back from a soul or spiritual level, we're just not talking about it. I love it. <laughs> because there's machine seeping mm. and yeah. there's cords and there's needles and there's sick people and there's yeah. lights down and there's 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 tension and mm. there's worry and there's fear. You guys are in a bubble of negativity 100% mm. of the time and you're trying to heal. Mm. I just got goosebumps all over. You're mm. trying to heal inside of a – in a hub Mm. of low vibration, of yeah. death, of dis-ease, mm. of misalignment, of fear, of worry, of guilt, of shame, of neglect, of pain, of suffering. But also that's where your mind goes too because you're forever, and it has to to a certain extent because you're forever trying to prevent worst-case scenario. You're trying to stop an arrest. You're trying Which to. guess what that does. You're, yeah, you're thinking of something and trying to mitigate risk because it's all about risk management. And where focus goes, energy flows. So it's yeah. going to perpetuate this constant state of a full hospital. Mm. But what you were saying um, ages ago, and something I mean, that you I mean, just said. what happened with COVID. It's one of oh, the things yeah. that happened with COVID. Mm. It's perpetuated. Um, but with time, like you were saying, and now it's it's really obvious because the, starting, the staffing shortage is, you know, paramount mm. uh, concern right now. But 
time, when do you get time to acknowledge that person in front of you? It's when we can all recognise the importance of it, mm-hmm. of sitting with people and talking to them and having that exchange. And yeah. that that's the antidote as well because we're receiving as much as we're giving. That's it. That's a, that's yeah. such a crux of what we're missing out on currently. Yeah. But and it's, it's, kind it's of again, like, what drove a lot of people to want to be in these exactly. areas, to help people, exactly. to be with the people. Yeah, that's it. To be together. desensitised and, um, and rushed through the processes so you kind of just yeah. lose your, your spiritual part of your human self. The human becomes a well-oiled machine that's yeah. hopefully functioning at its best yeah. and at its most alert but the spirit aspect has to go to has to go to rest in order to keep up with that a lot of the time and it can be so simple though like being able to like first of all like you said before just for the people to know it and to understand it and then to be able to implement it can be so simple as to adding on like the chart the person's chart at the top you know like the chakra colors and, you know, just so that someone can go through the chakras quickly, um, you know, box breathing, just mm. 90 seconds of box breathing between between patients, yeah. you know, like it might take five, it might add three to five minutes maximum. And this is obviously not in, a, in an emergency scenario, but in just, mm. you know, day-to-day patient care, where if you could just have that five it's like how much of an onflow effect that would have for all mm. for, especially for person-centered care and that's what I'm talking about you know not just another sort of well-being talk because there is you know talk about box breathing which is amazing and uh, mindfulness and making sure you can get outside if you can when you get on lunch and stuff and I think because we're continuing on that path and just taking it up a notch it's time I think it's time to talk about more things in a little bit more depth um yeah so it'll be interesting did doctors wash their hands like and nurses sorry we just delayed and cut out (laughs) so I thought I could talk sorry um you know how in between patients like doctors and nurses they wash their hands yes you know I wrote wrote a full meditation on washing hands when I was in theatres (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good. So yeah. you can like literally all it would be like it's it's not Such adding more, one. it's just going deeper with it. So wash yeah. away what's mine, wash away what no longer serves me. And all they have to do is just say it out loud and visualize themselves just letting go of, of the patient's energy. Mm-hmm. That anything that might have gotten on them just yeah. to let go of it mm-hmm. um and you know or to you know each time they take their scrubs off just to imagine that that the, the energy is stuck on the outside of the scrubs and it hasn't infiltrated so in order to do that when they're putting on their scrubs only allow what's for my highest good to enter is they're getting dressed and imagine mm. that the scrubs are like a golden light mm. and like a jumpsuit of protection and so when they come out of their surgery or out of whatever they're doing, their procedure, they can get undressed and they can take it off and, and go wash their hands just in case, wash away what's not mine, wash away what longer serves me, and they're ready to go. Mm. You know, things like that it would life-changing energetically. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Ever since I met you and I was able to piece a few things together of 
of what could help of of things that I was already doing and not realizing why I was doing them or why they felt so good. I know when uh, some of our friends left for the day, we'd get changed um, out of our scrubs back into our civvies. And the second we exited the building, we'd just take this massive deep breath in of fresh air that wasn't in the hospital and we'd breathe out and it felt so good as we breathed out and left work for the day, but we all did it. We all did it together Mm -hmm. and we didn't really sort of clock what we were doing, but that is really just releasing everything that we might have absorbed in the hospital. We didn't want to take it with us home, so we just sort of, you just release that second that you walk out of the hospital and take a big breath. Yeah. Just let it all go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's realising what you're doing and, um, yeah, and with intention taking it uh, to a, a whole other level in some instances as well and uh yeah, and going that's from what there intention does it's that focus yeah. but really really acknowledging that there's an exchange there like you were saying you can wash away what's not yours to keep but it doesn't take away from that exchange you've just had with people that's exactly. there to help that's you it. It, and that keeps you empathetic but it doesn't yeah. doesn't detract from your energy or your spirit it just allows you to actually function and do your job better you know I became my like my practice yeah my practice and my service skyrocketed when I started doing that Mm -hmm. just recognizing that I'm not actually healing people or helping people by holding on to their shit for them yeah of course they're going to feel better after they've seen me because I'm taking all their stuff from them but I'm killing myself in the in the process mm-hmm. and I'm not healing them I'm just making I'm just alleviating their pressure but they're pretty good at building that pressure back up again they're just going to go back and do the same thing that they were doing and that that whole disease or, or misalignment or you know whatever is going to come back because they're not changing anything about them I'm just taking the oval overflow mm. um and also just recognizing too that um, you're not meant to carry it. It's I not love that a yeah. healer is supposed to do. That was so freeing to learn that. <laughs> yeah, like it's not it's not what you're here to do. You're here to be an empath. Really, is so that you can feel your way through healing yourself and others you know mm. and you can feel your way through life and and that's that's why um you know healers that are in um that are in mainstream general kind of government um healthcare they're they're some of the some of the best because usually the empath they're also veterinary like veterinarians mm. and they're animal people as yeah. well and that's because their em- empathy is so high, but there's a difference between having empathy and being an empath. And being an empath is so dangerous unless you know how to do it. Unless um, you're and aware. An empath who can practice empathy and look after themselves. Yeah, it, it's very dangerous and you get sick. But, mm. you know, before we started talking, you said, like, can we please talk about burnout and what that looks like spiritually for someone? And, you know, I think, what we've spoken about would kind of elude and give a pretty good idea of what someone would look like spiritually before burnout or just at a burnout. But there are many factors that go on with a burnout, but essentially what happens is you're too earthly. So mm. you become, it's if you can visualize it for a second, it's almost just like um, you've been, uh, like you've melted 
down in the earth and it's like you're stuck and you can't figure out how to get back up again. So it's like you can't figure out how to um, – or it's like being a tree and you chop the tree down but you leave the trunk. Mm. And so it's going to take time. Like you can't just sprout a branch. You've got to sprout a seedling from a burnout, you know, like it's a long process back from burnout. It takes time. You've got to be gentle. You've got to be kind. You've got to be compassionate yourself and patient there it is not a quick road back um so if you if you want to really burn out altogether you've got to start to notice when the the tree is starting to show signs of of illness or not being happy and that's all the way out to the leaves that's all the way out to the birds are the birds coming to feed from the tree still like am I still attracting the same patients am I still attracting the same results am, am I getting you know, my patient's getting good results or not, or my patient's starting to, are my results starting to show some errors or my patient's staying sick? You know, we can't blame ourselves for it, but we absolutely have to take it seriously and see it as um, a sacred gift in order to maintain. Mm. We have to nurture the tree and the roots and the soil and, and make sure it gets the sun and the light and the rain and the night and make sure has the the bees and the birds that come and you know empty it off and then it regrows and make sure that it goes through all of its seasons mm-hmm. in order for it to stay healthy and strong and do what it's supposed to do yeah and allowing so, for that yeah and so it could be also maybe like trying to think about the seasons of a doctor or a nurse mm. and helping them understand like when there's autumn and winter and summer and spring and spring might be when they're feeling great and summer might be when they're feeling great, but summer's one of those times where you've got to be careful because if you stay too much out in the sun and you don't sit in the shade for a little while, you might get a little bit sunburnt. This is what it feels like. It can feel a little bit sore, a little bit uncomfortable. What do you do at that point? You stay out of the sun for the rest of summer because you can't get burnt again. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe you could come up with some kind of cool little way of figuring out where you're at. Yeah. Well, yeah, but incorporating the seasons to teach them how mm-hmm. to understand the phases of before you get to burnout and burnout would obviously be winter. Mm. Um, but also how burnout, like, so winter burnout is a burnout, but winter can also be a hibernation that's intentional, like what I do and like what we do inside the sync membership, you know, we're teaching them through season sync every quarter as the season turns, we're teaching them how to get into the flow with mother nature. Exactly. And so yep. to get them into cycles where they can start to see where they're at in their cycle Mm-hmm. cycles probably won't move seasonally and they probably won't move day to day but they might move patient to patient or they might move shift to shift they might be on a a quicker cycle or hospital to hospital you know or pandemic to pandemic <laughs> and then you can recognize where their colleagues are at and where their patients are at and where yeah. all the other allied healthcare workers are at just yeah. that and recognition. Think, yeah. And then the last thing that I would probably suggest as well, especially with burnout and to prevent burnout, but to keep a lid on getting it too far is ritual. Yeah. Um, um, ritual is one of the most important things for for everyone and everything. Yeah. Um, and if you can ritual daily yeah. and if you can ritual weekly and if you can ritual monthly and if you can ritual yearly, if you can just ritual the hell out of life um <laughs> it tends to keep things from going too far um 
And then you could also um, use the stock take recon tool that I use. Um, yeah, that I, teach I love that. In terms of, yeah, like giving yourself a score before you get to work and then giving yourself a score after you get to work. What was it that actually lowered your score? It might not have been the patients. You might have had a great day with the patients, but it might have been the higher up or it might have been the date, like the environment, or it might have mm. been personal. But to be able to just really um, have a present conscious awareness that's that's deliberately understanding what's causing your your frequency to drop right. or your your wellness to drop because it might not have anything to do with work it's or pinpointing it yeah yeah or it might not have anything to do with the fact that you that you're a nurse it might have something to do with the fact that the fridge died in the yeah. in the nurse's kitchen and you, you're hungry mm. you had to eat something that was crap you know but that that's not like saying I hate my job or I'm going to a burnout. You know, it's yeah. being able to check yourself before you wreck yourself, essentially. Yeah, there's lots of practical used... tools that could be yeah. really applied to a hospital environment. Mm. And yeah, and there is. Um, I don't want it to seem like there hasn't been work done because you know there's lots of work done, and and I've heard of things. Um, hands up, haven't used them routinely. Uh, but there is uh, like your stock take and recon that you're talking about. There's the check-in and check-out. So, you know, how, how are you going going into your shift and before you leave for the day, here's a few things to consider. So it's similar, but it'd be interesting to revisit that and and maybe tweak it a little bit and ritualise the, the hell out of things. You know, that's, you know, self-care 101 of the highest importance and healthy habits as well is what are you doing to maintain and sustain yourself and and that sort of thing as a human and a healthcare worker and everything in between all the other hats that you put on as a parent or whatever else that you do for sporting teams or anything everything and, you know, you look at surgeons um, and, like, well, what you see on TV anyway um, <laughs> and how, like, when they're scrubbing in, how they'll often go into their own little cocoon for a second and mm. they'll ritualise and they'll, they'll say what they're saying, their yeah. prayers, you know, or they'll they'll say whatever it is that they want to say and do whatever they do. And, and you know, it's like Rafael Nadal at the tennis and how, like, he's got his, like, where he, he – pitches his nose he pulls his wedgie out then he like pulls up both sleeves and then yeah, he'll, the he'll bounce the ball three times <laughs> yeah it's it's that little ritual and that little sequence that yeah. kind of activates something that you want to activate or mm. um puts you into the the state in order mm. to perform what it's almost a self-soothing so thing sometimes too. it's about like yeah and and also just like it's it's um it is extremely intentional and so it's like putting on the hat so it's like i've got to put the hat on to be the sympathetic nurse today i've got to put or with this patient and then i've got to take that hat off i don't have to wear that sympathetic hat all day today because that sympathetic hat can be a, a drain or you know it can be heavy mm-hmm. um and then i've got to put the sympath i've got to put the hat on that's like super fast emergency get it done don't breathe don't think just work like Mm. a robot because someone's in a life-threatening condition you know and realizing that by the end of the day you're not taking home a collection of hats you can take a hat off and hang it back up and that's the thing yeah being that awareness yeah and then you look at surgeons as well you know they've got their hands you know insured and um you know their eyes insured and uh they they make sure that their their health and their well-being and their sleep and everything is so strict 
a lot of the time for, for some of them, I'm not saying all of them because we all know that that's not the case, but <laughs> you know, for, for many of them, there would be a level of the ultimate standard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a, a standard that they set for themselves because they, they take pride in what they do at being the best at what they do. Or they're so responsible. Yeah, and at, on some levels, there's a, a huge ego that sits in there as well. You know, I'm it not saying has that it's all just exactly. Mm. You, it has to have it, mm. um, and it's got that. It's got to be healthy, and you know, it's obviously not sometimes. But um, when they do that, it is non-negotiable. That's my point. That mm-hmm. regardless of what their motivation is, it's a non-negotiable, and you've got to think sometimes about certain self-care things at its bare minimum being non-negotiable. Like it's not a question. It's not a, I can't be stuffed. It's like, it, it just becomes a must. It's there, there, there is no it's question. It's a difference. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's and sometimes it's difference. reforming habits. Yeah. And usually it's leverage. Usually it's what you've got to lose that you don't want to lose mm. that will stop you from not doing something or will keep you doing something. Like we had that conversation with you moving yeah. away from pain or you're moving towards something that you want. Absolutely. Like reward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the non-negotiables, what, what, you know, if there's healthcare people listening, which I know there are, or anyone that's listening that feels that they resonate with this, with their burnout and their self-care, you know, what are your non-negotiables and what what should your non-negotiables be just because you are a spiritual being having human experience and you are worthy simply because you are alive and you are worthy yeah that's just standard mm-hmm. for everyone yep yeah regardless of who you are and what you do it's just standard yes it, it should be <laughs> yeah and I I always err on saying it it should, should be because I don't want to should people, but <laughs> I know, damn right. it. <laughs> I think I've said should a lot this episode. <laughs> well, it must be. How about that? Must. must. If we want to, if we say we want a, a new standard, if we say we want to take care of ourselves better, we have to do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's that, that whole thing, you know, it's pretty well known that I – if I don't want to do something, I'll, but I know I need to do it, I'll do it for someone else before it becomes doing it for myself. And that's totally okay. Just mm. find your leverage and do whatever it can to get you out of the hole that you're in. And then when you get strong, when your vibration rises, when your momentum starts to kick in, you'll end up feeling so good that you'll want to do it for yourself and you'll feel worthy to do it for yourself and you will do it for yourself and you won't let anyone stop you. Yeah, And you'll encourage other people to do it too and you'll be their biggest advocate when they're climbing their selves out of a hole doing whatever they need to and they get up to the top and you're like, yes, you did it, good on you and I'm not going to let you fall. And you like, can I, pop I, each I other up. Hard we all, it is. Yeah. yeah. We all because have you know our how times. hard it is to get yourself out of a hole. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that your friend next door to you or next to you isn't going to go down that hole again. Yeah. But you can see it because you share the vibration, you share the frequency, so you feel it in each other. Mm. And working in a team environment as as you do in healthcare as well as individuals, you're you're a team, so you can do it for yourself, you can do it for your team members, but most of all, you do it for your patients as well. If you're not at your best, you can't give your best care. Unit. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. it. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> no, so good. I could talk to you all night, but I feel as though we've come to a natural lull, which means we've we've probably done. We've yeah. done it. We've done, done the it. talk. <laughs> Are you happy? Did you get out of it what you hoped to? 
I think so. It'd be, I'd love workshopped. to hear that. Yeah, we've, yeah. We workshopped your talk that you've got to do. <laughs> we've workshopped all the all the um, bits that I want to include that aren't currently included. Um, so good. And it's actually felt really good to know that there's a lot of the stuff that we have talked about in slightly different language that is around. Um, yeah. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. I used to love when you were talking about uh, you need, you use an example of a surgeon scrubbing in and they just find their own happy place. It was always um, one of my old jobs used to be teaching new nurses and med students how to do the surgical scrubbing. And the first one of the day is a five-minute one, and it's very, very heavily choreographed what you should be doing, when you should be doing it, how long for and what method. Um, they've got to watch a video and so to begin with like they're they're taking it all in and it's like so um, head focused about what they're doing don't touch that you just did that wrong restart that sort of thing but once they and I remember like I used to always say once you stop thinking about it so much it becomes your five minutes of bliss where you can just be yourself and you can just center yourself and you can prepare you can forget everything else that's going on and you can just think about now's your time to just go inside and do what you need to do mm-hmm. but it was it's so true um but it was really funny because at them at their stage would just be looking at you like I'm never this is never <laughs> going to feel normal ever as soon as they finish finally washing their hands for five minutes they've then got to complete an intricate heavily choreographed task of drying each hand in a aseptic way and then putting on a surgical gown without touching anything else that I used to call it the T-Rex of safety. You have to keep your elbows <laughs> in, your hands in front of you. You can't flap around like a scarecrow or an aeroplane. It was just there was so many things to think about that when you've been there forever, you do it in your sleep. But yeah. to a new person on a whole new planet, you're just like, what are you doing? You're like, no, not there, not there, not there, not high, not low. Don't do that. Resist the edge at this point. You're going to want to put your arm straight out. But I'm telling you, you're not going to do that. If you do that, you're going to contaminate yourself. You have to start again, oh, go back yeah. to the start. But once it is second nature, it is your time. But it's learning those new habits. It's a great analogy of how hard and unnatural something can feel at the beginning and then it just becomes second nature and your best friend and you're teaching someone else and they're teaching someone else and they're teaching someone else yeah Hmm. yeah because the the um the step-by-step is not at the forefront and you your conscious mind can relax and you can feel your way into it and let your subconscious yeah yeah come through I love that Hmm. complete complete tangent because like I don't think that this episode has had a tangent yet but the way that you were just describing the way that you were just describing scrubbing so a long time ago I used to have my own spray tanning business a mobile spray tanning business yeah and they when you when you get like when you buy that business you get taught the method of spraying someone sure um and (laughs) (laughs) there did you have guinea pigs I did (laughs) and um you I had a bride what my very first paid client was a bride and uh-huh. a bridesmaid wow and, um and the I'm so glad that I did the bridesmaid first because holy dolly <laughs> so I totally forgot that like you know when you if you're not wearing a bra sorry guys but when you're not wearing a bra and you're you get like the under boob and so you have to lift your boob to get sprayed okay and so you probably shouldn't spray their chest first 
uh-huh. and then ask them to lift their boobs because then they get spray tan on their hands. Okay. So I forgot the sequence and <laughs> did the chest and then got the bridesmaid to lift a boob <laughs> to do the belly. And then she just looked, pulled her hands back and her hands were covered in spray tan and her boobs had hand marks on them. Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I had to ring the supplier and I'm like, how do I get it off hands? Like it's the worst place to get spray tan as most people would probably, or fake tan, feet and hands and elbows, like do not get it on those places because you can't get it off. Oh, right. So it was so bad. So, yeah, there's a sequence to spray tanning. Don't <laughs> lift your boobs first and then <laughs> drop your boobs before you, before you touch them <laughs> I'd be safe. <laughs> I just thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> oh, that's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We love you. Tangents. Tangents. It wouldn't be this without it. Ah, we got there in the end. We got our tangent and inappropriate talking. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, like for listening. a very serious episode, so hopefully that just yeah. reminded everyone that, you know, we can be funny. Well, I can be funny. <laughs> you are extremely funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, get in touch, me. our healthcare workers. I know quite a few of my colleagues uh, listen. Big shout-out. So get in touch Good. with your feedback. What have you tried? What haven't you tried? And Hi, everyone. <laughs> let us know what you want us to talk about because... I'm in Tracy's ear holes and we're in yours. <laughs> yes, wherever you yeah. are. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm the back. gods are went, about to do us in. Into the ether. Yeah. <laughs> I just went off into the stratosphere. <laughs> Who knows where. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. See you next time. We love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. We welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or Tracy. And we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on Insta at turnsout underscore she's psychic. Bye-bye. Bye.